0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I am joined by the ever-frantic Nicholas J. Horwat, soon-to-be insider Nicholas J. Horwat. How you doing today, buddy?
0: Yeah, I'm frantic because I sat down, hit record, you started the intro, and I realized I didn't have a drink. (laughs) There you go. Nor did I have time to pour one, so I'm drinking Hawaiian Punch out of the big jug Mm. for this episode. Um, And I have Mexican food sitting next to me, so... I will be hitting mute quite often, so you don't hear anything.
1: Sounds like life is good up there in the four-one-two. Well, we have a good episode for you guys today, as we're going to talk about bubble players. And no, we're not talking about the COVID bubble. No, we're Hmm. not talking about the taxi squad. We're talking about the players that are going to make up the Penguins' bottom line, possibly bottom two lines, injury permitting. And some of the guys that are kind of on the bubble of whether or not they're going to make the pro roster with training camp starting this week. Now, I did mention that Horwath is our insider because he will be attending Penguins prospect camp here in the next couple of days, and We will be hearing from Horwath on his experience and what he saw on Thursday and what he saw from some of the prospects. But today we're talking bubble players, players that are right on the verge between the NHL and the AHL. There's a handful of them. Some of them are probably NHL regulars at this point. But the fact is they're the 12th forward, the 13th forward, or the 14th forward so they could realistically be losing their job if say philip hollander decides to go out there and make true on his promise that he made to the media on saturday afternoon
0: the the philip hollander quote i mean it made me put a couple extra exclamation points next to his name to watch for whenever i show up on monday and tuesday mm-hmm. i um have seen a bunch of tweets already about the prospect camp from the what was it just the saturday and sunday mornings of it that um you can't take all this stuff because it's just practice and it's Mm -hmm. literally just prospects uh but still i'm just excited to a see hockey in person b see the prospects in person and c um just get a feel for who these young guys are i get it's not um i get that it's just practice stuff but it's exciting and the fact that one of them decided to step up and say i'm here to take a spot that makes it entertaining Mm -hmm. um that's Hell, that's ticket sale value there if they were selling tickets to this thing.
1: Hey, that's jersey sale value if he does actually get a spot there. I mean, good on Philip Hollander. We need a little bit of heel energy on this Pittsburgh Penguins team, I feel. <laughs> hey,
0: that's the that's the fun kind of heel. That's the confident young kid. Like
1: That's the MJF for all you AEW fans.
0: I was trying to come up with like an old WWE reference. Couldn't come up with one. So
1: yeah, fair enough. I, I think <laughs> AEW is where my mind is solely focused on my, if I'm even thinking of, of wrestling at this point, it's in where time.
0: everybody's should be, except for the fact that Big E is champion now. So, Hey, I mean, two thirds of the new day is there. Once we get, once they complete the trilogy, it's all done. It's all over. Yeah.
1: I think eight, uh, Xavier Woods has had enough spotlight for his lifetime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's let's get into today's topic on that note, especially. Uh, and let's talk about some of these bubble players. The first guy I want to talk about is Sam Lafferty. He is kind of an enigma heading into his third season with the NHL roster, if he does indeed make the NHL roster. And let me pull up his numbers from last year, because I don't think anybody realizes Sam Lafferty played a lot of hockey for the Pittsburgh Penguins last year. He actually played in... Let me It's loading real quick. 34 games last year in a 56-game season. That is a lot more than I I thought. I mean, it doesn't help that he scored absolutely no goals, and he had six assists and was a minus six. So he didn't really make an impact, but he was on the ice for 34 games.
0: What was his average ice time?
1: That I do not have because I am not on that, but I will look that up real quick. Still loading? (laughs) Um,
0: Because... I remember him, like, getting playing time. I just don't remember him playing, you said, 34 games? Yep. Of a 56-game season, that is a lot. And I get we were injured a lot, but I still feel like um, he wasn't a guy that was stepping up because we would always talk about the Goudreaux that stepped up or Zahorna for the few games he had in. Mm -hmm. And for what it's worth, Evan Rodriguez was also kind of always in the lineup, I think. Um, I should probably pull my computer up and get up his get up numbers too but i feel like rodriguez may have played in damn near 50 games too
1: i mean we will actually get to evan rodriguez and big z redeems the Hornet a little bit later in this episode but for sam lafferty he his average ice time actually went up last season if you can believe it his first year in 2019-20 he had 937 average time on ice and he had a 10 second increase in 2020-21 minutes and 47 seconds average per game
0: Hey, it is nine more minutes than we get, so... It's, well, uh, exactly. That's, yeah, and I'm just trying to recall, like, what his like, I'm not going to ask you to keep going into detail on this, but it's just, I straight up don't remember this. Mm-hmm. I guess nine minutes and it's not a whole lot, but I straight up do not remember a lot of this.
1: And a big portion is because he didn't do anything when he was on the ice. He didn't really take too many penalties. He didn't score. He didn't really get too many assists. He just... He was there. He he ate up 10 minutes. He played on the fourth line and that was it. He stepped in when needed and apparently needed more than half of the games last year and he had a really bad season for, for the Pittsburgh area native as they like to call him even though he's from Central PA. But Holidaysburg. Exactly. I think I uh,
0: drove past it a couple times on my way to Cooperstown. So Yes,
1: exactly. So Sam Lafferty going into this season not on a high note right now. He's going to have to probably prove something in camp but that's the thing. Sam Lafferty training camp MVP (laughs) the last two times we've had a training camp atmosphere one before last season and two before the bubble playoffs in 2020 Sam Lafferty looked great in both of them and the one thing that we constantly say is he has the foot speed but the thing that he doesn't have is basically anything else in his repertoire right now anything else on the ice right now has not been his forte especially not last season so Horrell what are you expecting from Sam Lafferty heading into his third season now
0: um a sense of urgency because he's just he hasn't been the player that we may have wanted to see on this on this team I think sure maybe he might be a bottom six guy anyway but I think he expects to be more and he probably wants to be more so I expect some sort of sense of urgency in him going into camp because um, we all expect more out of him we all want more out of him we all want him to play more than um his damn near zero points all season like if you're gonna play 34 uh 34 games in a 56 game season if you're gonna play over half the games now they're in a full season um act like it and a little bit of urgency could help there
1: now i don't want to get caught up too too much on sam lafferty because he did have a really really bad season last year and it could be it it could be a sophomore slump. He had a decent first year. He made a little bit of an impact, much more of an impact than he made last season. Do I think he makes the team out of camp? I think he has a leg up, and I think it helps that he is a training camp superstar. So we'll see starting this week how that works out for him. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is Big Z, our Big Z. Not the Islanders' Big Z, the Pittsburgh Penguins' Big Z, and that is Redeem Zahorna, the giant of six foot six. From the czech republic for the pittsburgh penguins last year in eight games he had two goals and four points Horwat, what do you expect from big z do you think he's a guy that can become more of an nhl regular this year
0: i think so and i think um i think hextall does too because if anyone remembers in the original uh, press release following cross the announcement of crosby surgery um hextall mentions Zahorna by name as, as a guy who's gonna get more chances uh, in the NHL with the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big start, the fact that RGM said, hey, uh, you know, Radim Horno is going to be a guy that we're going to look toward mm-hmm. here in this situation with two of our top guys missing. He's going to have the ice time. He's going to have the opportunity, and he should be able to go out and take it. I think we he's proved a good start of it already last year.
1: Yeah, it, speaking of guys that played games that didn't match up with your memory of them, It felt like Sam Lafferty was the one that played eight games and Redeem Zahorna was the one that played close to 30. But realistically, Zahorna only got a cup of coffee in the NHL last year, and I think he's going to get more experience this season. I think he definitely showed something to both Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, which is why you see Ron Hextall making the comments that he made that you mentioned, and I also think... He is a big-bodied guy. He does have some pretty decent foot speed. He's pretty good in his own zone. And he has some pretty good hands as well. The two goals that we saw him score were two pretty nice goals as well. So I think Redeem Zahorna, I think if he has a really good camp, he'll be able to find himself in the lineup. But at the same time, he does not play center. And right now, that is what the Penguins need. So he does not have that easy little area that he can slot into. He's going to have to fight with a guy like Sam Lafferty. He's going to have to fight... With a guy like Michael Chaput. He's going to have to fight with a guy like Dominic Simone. But do I think he has a leg up because of his size? I think in uh, Brian Burke's eyes, yes. And I think in Ron Hextall's eyes as well, that's a yes. Now, the big thing that I want to see is I want to see if Redeem Zahorna can learn anything from Brian Boyle in this camp, whether or not Boyle makes the team, Brian Boyle will be in training camp, and I think Z- Zahorna can really learn a lot from him as far as trying to learn how to be an effective power forward in the NHL.
0: Uh, I think Brian Boyle just has to make this
1: team at this point. Yeah, he,
0: yeah, uh, unless he quite literally skates like us slash me, <laughs> um, because a year off. I mean, who knows what a year off you know did to his play, especially at his age. But mm-hmm. unless the dude. You know, skates out with his skates, skate guards skate guard still on. I think he's got uh, a spot basically locked up. So I think Boyle has to make this team just out of sense of out of necessity. And yeah, I think that's a great guy to learn your game under if you're Zahorna. I mean, you're both not identical, but I mean, you're both big men out there. You're both units. You're both gonna be um, net front guys. You're both players that. Um, are gonna have to use your size your advantage and your it's not and this isn't the perfect system for size guys mm-hmm. like Sullivan's system but it's the perfect organization for that with and Stallenberg so we know those two will be pushing for probably both of them um it's just a matter of Sullivan liking it but I'm sure desperate times call for desperate measures and Sullivan will have to give into this. And I like this situation for both of them.
1: Uh, and, and listen, I don't foresee a money ball situation here. I don't see the general manager putting players in and trying to put a strategy in that the coach just ignores because Mike Sullivan, although he can be a little bit bullheaded at some points and he can be stubborn at some points, he's not going to sit here and do it. You know, he's not going to bite off his nose despite his face. Right. Like it, it, it's not what's going to happen. So he's going to notice the trend in, in what the guys above him want. And that's what's going to happen. And I think he notices that while, yes, Brian Boyle is a bigger guy, yes, Redeem Zahorna is a bigger guy. And that's not historically what Mike Sullivan has had in this system. I think he's smart enough to realize that, hey, while they are bigger guys and they are power forwards per se, Zahorna is still a very talented player. So is Brian Boyle. They're both guys that can score goals. Maybe not as much as, say, a Nick Benino was able to, but at the same time, they bring something else to the table in their size that both Burke and Hextall want to form this team around. And I think Sullivan's going to be able to kind of tailor his scheme to help fit those guys as well. Let's talk really quickly about Evan Rodriguez. While he might not be a bubble player, he might be an NHL regular. Last season, because of injury, he only played 35 games. I know you mentioned earlier that you thought it felt like he played a lot more, but he only played in 35 games last season, scored seven goals and 14 points. Is he an NHL regular, or is there a threat here for Evan Rodriguez to not make the NHL squad?
0: If everyone was healthy, I would say there's definitely a threat that he doesn't make it. Mm. But again, just the fact that we're going in with Two, our two top centers out it leads a lot it leaves a lot of doors open for a lot of different guys and Rodriguez isn't necessarily one of them because he's a winger but um or is he a center if the hockey reference hasn't marked as a center it, I guess he's a guy that can fill in anywhere so much. If he's needed he's needed and I think he's got a shot at making it just because he's um, because he really hasn't missed too much time with the team since getting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, since since the trade to bring him in and the return of Connor Sherry, um, there wasn't many games, uh, but Rodriguez did play in seven of what I believe was only eight after that trade, maybe nine. Yeah, there was
1: only a handful of trades after the trade deadline that season. Yeah, games, so, excuse me.
0: Yeah, so he played in basically all of those and then being in 35, I mean, we mentioned... We th- we thought 34 was a lot for Lafferty out of 56. I mean 35 is a whole nother game more, and I feel like we at least noticed uh, Rodriguez a little more. So we noticed
1: he was basically front page news for the first month of the season because he kept playing with Sidney Crosby.
0: Exactly. So we kind of figured him in as um, quite a lot, or mm-hmm. figured him into the lineup quite a lot, and as a steady presence. So I think just because he's been around the block here a couple times, I guess yeah um he's he has his spot not solidified but it's there he's it's his to lose because we're a little depleted at the moment. there's going to be some shuffling it's and he' fills in as a as an injury replacement player mm-hmm. and that's where we're at. So I think it's just his spot to lose come camp and preseason.
1: Yeah I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Mike Sullivan wants Evan Rodriguez to play in all 82 games this year if he is healthy. Because Mike Sullivan is in love with Evan Rodriguez. I, I want somebody to follow me through thick and thin like Mike Sullivan follows Evan Rodriguez through thick and thin. Because that man absolutely loves this player. Because why? Because he can play on the first line, albeit not as good as most first liners. But he can play on a first line. He can, he can keep up half decently. He can play the whole way down to the fourth line. He can play left, right, center. He can play anywhere if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that is why Mike Sullivan loves him. And and honestly, the foot speed and everything else that he brings is what Mike Sullivan loves. So I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that, one, he is going to make the roster out of camp. Injuries or not to the star players, Evan Rodriguez is going to be on this roster. And also, Evan Rodriguez is probably going to play in every single game unless he is injured.
0: Probably. It's that Dominic Simone effect. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. I mean... Do you want to talk about Simone a little, a little bit? Do you think he's going to make this team out of camp? I know he has an opportunity, and I know they brought him in just kind of to bolster the numbers around the kind of replacement level for the NHL, but do you think Dom Simone comes in and presses during camp and makes the team straight out of it?
0: So honestly, the Dom Simone situation is very weird, mm-hmm. right? The fact that he was a first-line winger with us for basically his, most of his career, basic from what it seems. He goes to Calgary... Doesn't even get sent to the minors. He plays eleven games in the NHL and then is abandoned on the taxi squad for the season. That hurts because it's not like he was getting game time in because he I don't think he played in the AHL at all. If he did it was like one or two games. Mm-hmm. Um so that hurts. At least he's like got a little bit more, you know, ice a few more ice reps in the Brian Boyle, but um he's gonna be coming into this, you know, into this camp kinda cold. So you know let's say he played all of last season and we know how the penguins like treating dom simone if he if if dom simone played most of the games in calgary last year i'm sitting here saying dom simone's got a spot just because mike sullivan likes him and it's not like he took any time off but now the fact that he you know was just on taxi squad island Mm -hmm. and is you know coming in cold who knows really what he's got i think you just have to if you're Mike Sullivan, you have to play this play smart and, you know, make sure if you're going to put Dom Simone in the NHL lineup, he's got a two way contract. So we can kind of just do whatever. If you're going to put him in the NHL lineup, you got to make damn sure that he's, you know, ready, willing, and able for this because mm-hmm. we can't lose too many games in the beginning of the season right now.
1: Yeah. It's already going to be a tough road, especially starting the season without Sidney Crosby and getting Malkin. And when you come down and look at the penguins bottom six these are the answers we're trying to get to this is why we're having this conversation dom simone is a player that's going to be in that conversation and as you mentioned he did not really play in the ahl he played one game for the stockton heat last year zero points in that game he also scored zero points in 11 games so we talk about sam lafferty scoring zero goals but still getting six assists in 34 games, Lafferty played more hockey, scored more points. If you have to choose at this moment, who do you think makes the team easier, Sam Lafferty or Dom Simone?
0: Sam Lafferty. I Again, it's a hard one just because we know Sullivan's um, interests, but I th- for what it's worth, I think Sullivan's interested in both players. So I'm going to lean with Lafferty here because um, – the production was marginally higher, and uh, he's been here. It's mm-hmm. The marginally higher part, I think, is kind of how we looked at Mike Matheson. Whenever we, whenever I remember someone on the After Hours asked me, I think it was uh, uh, Shane from the Ottawa podcast, he asked me, how are you going to lose Jack Johnson but then take Mike Matheson? And I said, it's at least marginally better, mm-hmm. and he turned out to be at least marginally better. So... Um, we'll take those margins where we can get them this early. So I think Lafferty's got to have the spot over Simone just because six points is more than zero. 34 is more than 11.
1: Yeah. And I think also recency bias as well, the fact that Sam Lafferty has been with this team. Meanwhile, Dom Simone has not been with this team. So obviously a lot of questions that we'll have to see how they play because honestly – Dom Simone could come out there and impress Mike Sullivan in the first week, and all of a sudden he's higher in the depth chart than Sam Lafferty. But this is just from where we stand right now. I think, I mean, Cap Friendly has it pretty correct as well. Sam Lafferty's on the NHL roster on Cap Friendly. Dom Simone's in the non-roster spots. That's, That's probably where they stand going into camp. Will Simone be able to jump Sam Lafferty? Possibly. But as we mentioned earlier, Sam Lafferty is a training camp MVP. So Sam Lafferty might look th- this like the second coming of Sidney Crosby this week, but he might then again go out there and put up zero goals for another season. You never know.
0: Yeah, he's an enigma. Um, and he's in a contract year, isn't he?
1: I will double check on that. But, but while I do that, I want you to speak on your boy, Drew O'Connor, a little bit. Coming into his second pro camp, he made the team out of camp last year. Do you think he could replicate that this year?
0: Honestly, I don't know. Wait, so he was supposed to be on the prospect camp. What happened there? He, I saw he got taken off. Is it an injury thing, or is he just getting pushed to professional camp?
1: Uh, he did not make it to the prospect camp. He will be at professional camp, though. Okay, because is... I
0: saw he was like on the original prospect roster. Um, but, mm-hmm. man, I don't know. Because he, he just played, not poorly, but not good enough um in his nhl stint last year do you i don't mean I, I should have brought these numbers up do you have drew o'connor's ahl stats with you
1: ahl stats i will be able to yeah. bring them up here in a second and also to double check on your other thing sam lafferty is in a contract here this year
0: yeah so it's important for him to really do something that lafferty was um, but for drew o'connor i think you want the best for him for sure because he's supposed to be one of these highly touted college signings that i will keep alluding to and he feel like he has the skill to do something he's was supposed to be like a patrick hornquist light when we got him Mm -hmm. big size to stand in front of the net and then we really didn't see any of that um but now is his opportunity to do it although again hollander coming through and saying i want to be a net front presence on this team (laughs) These quotes are, he he's out here trying to take everyone's spot, and I'm bored <laughs> because he can have his own.
1: Philip Hollinger's just here like, I just want to play in the NHL. It's I will, I will play God anywhere. Give me a
0: chance. Yeah. Well, strap me in goal. Apparently the goalies <laughs> didn't look good in prospect camp. I'm sure he was looking at that saying I could have stopped these. Listen, um, if
1: there's a position player being allowed to play goal, Sidney Crosby will not allow anybody else to jump in front of him in line
0: his deck star experience can uh, speak for itself mm-hmm. so um, the
1: numbers that you asked for on drew o'connor yeah. in the ahl last year with the wilkes-barre scranton penguins 20 games seven goals and 19 assists
0: 19 assists is not bad
1: or 19 points sorry seven goals oh. and 19 points
0: okay okay still it's not bad in 20 games you said in 20
1: games so almost a point oh, a game player in the ahl oh, that's
0: really good actually okay um yeah yeah, he has to do that, but with the NHL level, right?
1: I mean, <laughs> if, he, I mean you, if he's a point a game player in the NHL, I, yeah, I think he, I don't think we can act that calmly about it.
0: Yeah, you've done it, but yeah, give me something like that. Mm-hmm. Give me more than just what he only had a goal or just an assist or something. Yeah, he, his numbers were NHL? very low in the NHL. Yeah, so I think if he's able to produce even a little bit, he can do it. I don't see him making the team out of camp though, just because. Um, We have stacked up our wings and we're losing centers. Uh, The McGinn and Hine and signings aren't helping O'Connor's case here. I'd say he does start in the minors just because he still has to develop. I think we rushed him last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just need to see more from him before we throw throw him to the Wolves of the NHL. And guys like Lafferty have been there before. Guys like Rodriguez have been there before. Hell, Zahorna had a better tenure. So these are guys that have been there, done that, and have done it better than Drew O'Connor so far. So I think I don't think he makes out of camp. And again, unless he really shines, it it's not it's gonna take preseason games for him to do that. Not just um uh just a training camp. Maybe that's kind of what killed his momentum last year. The fact that there wasn't like games to play in. He just proved very to be very good in training camps and then a game came and it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll have to see year two of Drew O'Connor. I mean, last year was his first year in in professional hockey and and to come out and play in the NHL at that level as well. It it was a nice little cup of coffee for him. We'll see if it helps him this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at some point this year. I don't think he makes the team out of camp. But with that in mind, I mean, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I think eventually he'll come back up. It'll just take some time. He'll have to um, show something in the minors first, but it's very well possible we see him him, uh, at some point.
1: Mm Well, with that in mind, there is one last thing I wanted to discuss before we sent it to break and came back with our weekly Penns poll is since his signing to a PTO, we have been all on the Brian Boyle is going to be the fourth line center for the Pittsburgh Penguins train. But Brian Boyle, that can't be handed to him, even with the injuries to Crosby, Malkin. That isn't going to be handed to him because... Michael Chaput was just signed, and he is a center. I can see him obviously being a guy that challenges Boyle for that fourth-line center role. More importantly, Anthony Angelo is a guy that will be challenging there. So I see that as a three-way basic competition heading into camp, and that's something we're going to have to keep our eyes on because we have Jeff Carter as a center. We have Teddy Bluger as a center. Evan Rodriguez will probably end up playing center, I would imagine, at some point during this camp. And then you have Philip Hollander, who's trying to get a spot. But I think that last spot, if they're not going to move Evan Rodriguez to center, is going to be up to Angelo, Chaput, and Boyle. Boyle, obviously, is the biggest name. He has had the most success over his career. But don't discount a guy like Anthony Angelo, who has been pretty good for this organization and is looking to make more steps going forward. Also, a big-bodied guy
0: yeah i sure i think we're on the boil train but that's just because veteran presence and uh truculence Truculence. on the ice yeah (laughs) i think it's and like i said he i feel like he should get it unless he legitimately cannot skate anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's just to fill out the lineup man i mean we just need bodies (laughs) at center because we know yeah sure we're starting this season and Malkin down if it's anything like last year or the season before or the season before there will be injuries and we will need guys that can fill in Mm -hmm. I said before Brian Boyle is a guy that yeah you can have on the team but he should be okay and he's at the point of his career where healthy scratching him shouldn't hurt at least shouldn't hurt his morale no you know he's older he's close to retirement anyway um why not give him a healthy scratch because that might be his only option to stay in and stay with an NHL contract mm-hmm. um so I think for what it's worth he should take um he should be taking a spot in the lineup maybe it's maybe it's not in the four centers maybe it's like the fifth guy um and if you can I could he get a two-way maybe he spends some time at wilkes and you know rides the bus. Anything's possible in this situation, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I feel like they would if they were going to have him on the roster, they would probably have him as a healthy scratch. I don't think they would end up sending him to the minors just because there's other players that they would want to get down there and get some more experience. Brian Boyle is what Brian Boyle is going to be. There's no developing Brian Boyle Mm -hmm. anymore. So obviously you might want him to get a little bit more game action, but if you're going to have somebody like a Brian Boyle versus somebody – like say a Michael Chaput and they're both playing basically even I'm sending Michael Chaput down to the minors and I'm letting Brian Boyle play because he's a proven commodity in this league he's a guy that is gonna probably light the lamp a little bit more that's my opinions going into this but again either way it's apples and apples right now because all of these guys being Chaput And Boyle, we have not seen in a Penguins uniform. We've seen Anthony Angelo. And let's not discount the fact that familiarity is a huge thing when it comes to Mike Sullivan. That's why you're bringing back a guy like Dom Simone. That's why last year they brought back a guy like Evan Rodriguez, even though he never even played a game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's all about familiarity from what I've leaned upon in the Mike Sullivan era. And that's why I think Anthony Angelo might have a bit of a head-up in this competition. Also, he is signed to a contract, whereas Brian Boyle's on a PTO.
0: Yeah, and I guess we would have to... Oh, shit, we have to make cap space.
1: At some point, yes. Yeah.
0: Although, I think that one you could do with the Malkin one. Crosby, you're not going to drop on LTIR, whereas no. Gino you might be able to. You just got to play it smart and not... Uh, sign over the limit, and then make moves when need be.
1: Well, well, also, we have 14... Yeah, we also have 14 forwards on our roster right now. Even if you don't send either of those two guys to LTIR, if you drop a league men contract and sign Brian Boyle to a league men contract, you're... Moving deck chairs. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, I just... It's not the fact that we have, you know, 14 forwards. It's the fact that, what, four of those forwards, if not three of them, are centers... Yeah. You know, and two of them are hurt, so it's the center depth, and ironically, if anyone, I don't remember when the episodes are coming out, I randomly joined the Capster podcast. (laughs) Uh, I I recorded that uh, Saturday night. I was in the middle of drinking some Iron Cities, and they messaged me, and and I answered this saying, um, it is Boyle's spot to lose, basically, and if The Oilers have taught us anything. It's that center depth is important in this league. Mm -hmm. And we don't have it right now with Crosby and Malkin out because our depth is now our first and second line. Yep. So we got to fill in where we can.
1: Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish off this first episode of the week with our weekly pens poll. We'll be right back. Week two of football is in the books. And now it's time to review the tape. And get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets Instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 3 football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania older, New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One for customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9WITH-IT. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. I'm here with Nick Horwat, and we are rounding out season two, episode 83. Season three will begin promptly as the calendar flips to October because we are just only a couple weeks away from Puck Drop on the 2021-22 season. We are literally exactly a week away from Puck Drop on the preseason, where we get to see all these players actually in action against other teams in a live simulated game. And we're excited for that. One player that we might see is Yuso Rikula. Our <laughs> Pens poll last week, should the Pens be utilizing Uso Rikola more than they have during his Penguins tenure? Basically, if you have not followed along with this, Yuso Rikula, for some reason, has been bequeathed the red-headed stepchild to Mike Sullivan. He has not been given very much, if any, Chance to make this roster as a defenseman he's been given plenty of chances to be a fourth line winger even though he plays defense but he has not really been given a chance to play defense now we asked that question on Twitter last week 88% of you said yes they should be utilizing him better it's a I mean if you listen to us clearly that was going to be your answer because we both I would assume unless Horwath's going to throw me through a loop here we both say yes
0: absolutely we both say yes i don't think this is even really um a question i mean the numbers don't lie right like Mm -hmm. how many of our stat nerds and um coursey nerds on twitter love this guy but yet he's never seen in NHL action man i got i really don't know what else to say about it other than like he's a guy that should have been utilized more should, still has the chance to be utilized more but it just has to come now um there's really just not there's not too much you can say on it. i'm sure you can give me more detail but just holy hell use the guy right we've been saying that for how long now you want to take yourself off mute there buddy
1: sorry there's a lot of police sirens going on in the background i'm trying to get it out to make my editing process just a bit easier after this
0: don't worry i understand i'm trying to eat in the background too remember
1: (laughs) but he is heading into his fourth season as i was saying into the turned off microphone he's heading into his fourth season has only played in 75 games in the first three so in his first three seasons he hasn't even played enough to constitute a full 82 game season and in those games yes he only has three goals and nine assists but let me just read down his average time on ice in these seasons. First year, he had 1641 of time on ice, and that was also in 37 games played, the most he's ever played. The following year, he played 36, so one less game played, but he went down to 13 minutes and 53 seconds. Last season, he only played in two games for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that ended up using 12 defensemen through one month of the season. He played in two games for, Average time on ice of 11 minutes and 26 seconds. Total time on ice, 23 minutes last season.
0: We used Churchman more than him, didn't we?
1: We did use Kevin Churchman, I believe, more than we used Yuso Rikla last year. Now, we talked a couple weeks ago about are you excited about preseason hockey? Do you enjoy preseason hockey? That was our first introduction to Yuso Rikla. My first memory of Usarikla on the Pittsburgh Penguins is him absolutely bodying somebody from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, Yusuf unless I'm mistaken, it doesn't seem like it when you watch him play. He's not a large human being. He is one eighty nine, so he is not a large human being. But the fact that he throws his body around and plays bigger than he is. Plus, he can skate pretty well. His decision-making has been an issue, and that is why Mike Sullivan doesn't like him. But that's not something that you learn by sitting in the press box. And that is where he has been the majority of the three years that he has been here.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I, I remember those that preseason too, actually, now that you're uh, reminiscing on it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, that was the preseason where, and this just got sad again, where I think I called Jimmy Hayes an absolute unit multiple times yes. because he he was, um, and boy will he be missed. But just, yeah, Ricola on the ice, I think he used his body um, – Far more than expected. He did it in it regu- in the couple of regular season games he played, too, I remember. I think mm-hmm. he um, tried to play a hard-nosed game, something that our defense hasn't done since, what,
1: Kasperitis? Brooks Orpik, I guess. Yeah, Brooks Orpik. <laughs> I-, I would I say think- Ian Cole to an extent.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe Derek Engelin, but I don't remember him. Bortuzzo, maybe. I th- just think. Jamie Alexiac. <laughs> the big rig. I just, we don't see defensemen hit as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. And sure, Rico is not out there to you know bang bodies, but um, if he's you know willing, that's some. There's something to be said about that, especially in this uh, Brian Burke, Ron Hextall era we're in. So, give give. I mean, yeah, sure, twelve defensemen, and he was one of them, but for two games, not ideal. He played
1: one more game than Yannick Weber.
0: Oh, I forgot about Yannick Weber. Yep. Although that was a weird situation, and for what it's worth, Yannick Weber used to be. Um, An NHL regular. Of, yeah, he used to be a piece of one of the better defensive cores in the league, so mm-hmm. something to be said there, but yeah. now he's in Switzerland?
1: I'm not sure what—he's in Europe somewhere. He's in Europe. <laughs> he's in Europe somewhere. I, I don't know exactly where he's at. But but for Yusa Ricola, it's not the fact that we're saying he is God's greatest gift to earth, because he's not. He, right. He's not a fantastic defenseman. He, he might not be a top four defenseman on this team. But the point is, I feel like the Penguins have just completely ignored trying to develop this talent because they haven't sent him to the minors. They haven't played him very much. They've played him more as a forward or at least probably equal as a forward than they have as a defenseman. The fact that he's basically been thrown in as a fourth line forward just to have a warm body on the bench instead of actually giving the guy a chance to play in his natural position, it's just weird because, yes, he has his flaws, and, yes, his decision-making is not great, and I understand you don't want to use NHL time all the time to try to just develop a guy like that, but why don't you let him play in the AHL? Why didn't you let him play in the AHL that first season or even the last season? I understand last, like this past season, yeah, you needed somebody on the taxi squad, but at the same time, it got to the point where when he signed his new contract with the Penguins, we said, "Why did you sign here? They're yep, never going to use you."
0: Yep, it's. I put that question. I put that question mark more on the Penguins' management than I do Ricola. You are gonna turn whenever you're not getting playing time? You are gonna turn down a an over million dollar contract? Yeah, exactly. I don't blame Ricola at all, money wise, but it, just what. Well, You mentioned it, just bringing up the contract. Just why did we give him money for more than one year if we were, again, just going to give him two games? Dude just made a million-plus playing two games. I mean, hell, that's the easiest million dollars I think almost anybody has ever made. Mm -hmm. But it's mind-blowing to me. I think if he's going to make that kind of money, I always say it, you want to use them because you're paying them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mike Matheson is here. We'd much rather not use him, but we're paying him, so. Well,
1: we mu- put him in. We like using him, but we'd rather not pay him that much. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's it's just a matter of we're paying him that much. Yeah, exactly. And that goes with Regal. We're paying him how much, and we're just letting him eat snacks, <laughs> sit in a suit, sit in a suite, in a sit in a suit in a suite. Ah, man.
1: I mean, we mentioned it. At the beginning of this segment, he played 23 total minutes of ice time. So technically, he basically got a million dollars for every 10 minutes he was on the ice.
0: Oh, man.
1: Imagine if that was the going rate for like a Conor McDavid or even a Chris Letang. He eats up minutes like nobody's business.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe this is his chance. Because now, like, who knows exactly what's going to happen with Friedman?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still... To make this roster... Because let, let's let not that, let's not joke about it. He's not making this roster. To make this roster, and actually meaning the starting roster, he's going to have to jump probably Friedman, mm-hmm. Ruedel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he might even be behind P.O. Joseph at this point. P.O. Joseph be? might play in the minors and still be higher on the depth chart than Yusuf Rikulo, who might still be technically a healthy scratch in the NHL.
0: This is sad, man. Does anybody want him?
1: Like, I, could anybody use this sort of player? I mean, and and that's the thing too. Is this de- this just debauchery of his development is not only hurting the Penguins by having basically dead a, a, a dead prospect? I, I mean,
0: he's on the mi- in the, on cap friendly. He's in the minors, isn't he? He is
1: buried. We have a cap penalty. Ugh. Butchering this and, and, exactly. And, and, and so it it is one of the things where, yeah, that was. That was Jim Rutherford. I mean, yep. y- you want to look at some of his worst moves. I don't want to say Yusu Rikula was one of his worst moves. It's just one of the biggest head scratchers as to what are we doing here? When we talk about things that Mike Sullivan doesn't do that Jim Rutherford wanted him to do, I feel like giving Yusou Rikula a chance is probably one of the top things on the list.
0: For what? Because Yusou Rikula could be worth this contract. He could be worth more than the contract, really. But we don't know. We never we developed him. We have not seen what he can do. I, it's it's not even that it's butchered it's just we're not giving him the chance mm-hmm. that's all it is and just every chapter we turn on talking about in this segment just more of what are we doing why is he here mm-hmm. what's what's the problem there's no and there's no answer me and you can give there's nope. no answer anyone listening can give the only person that can really answer this question is Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford I mean
1: who knows maybe they're listening
0: <laughs> boy I hope so if they are <laughs> hey guys uh we love you we support you sorry we're Bad talking your decision making here I don't,
1: I don't know if that many people support jim rutherford anymore but I, I digress on that point
0: well i think what i think it was my most popular story with the hockey writers was me going in on him. so um <laughs> uh,
1: fun stuff yeah so I, the point being we'll have to keep a close eye on you so because i believe he will be at camp let me I, let me double check that because i didn't think to look at this
0: i didn't double check any of the names either i just kind of Glanced at it and mm. picked up a couple of names I didn't recognize. I didn't even look for minor details like that.
1: Yeah. So let me double check here. Looking at the defenseman William Riley, that's a name. Yeah. Usariklo will be at camp, so we'll keep an eye on Usariklo, see how they use him, and see if they decide to bring him up to the NHL roster, or if we're going to continue to bury him, and possibly even let him play in the AHL and maybe try to develop in his will fourth
0: Riley. year. Not to cut you off, but Will Riley, I believe, has been around for a minute. I have him written. He's he's in the prospect camp, too, because I have his name written down there.
1: Well, that's a good segue to end the show, actually, because on Thursday's show, we will have Horwat returning and giving us all his notes from prospect camp on Monday and Tuesday. And then we will also give our shout-outs and call-outs. But for today, that is going to be it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you guys on Thursday. Have a good week, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwatt 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. So please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.